this is Chandler Jones, and thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. The heart of this podcast is to provide you with inspired preaching and teaching from God's Word that will help you boldly live for Jesus. If you haven't already, I would love for you to subscribe today to this podcast so you won't miss the latest messages. Let's go right into the service recorded at Compassion Church Radford. I believe it will be a blessing to you today. Job chapter 1 and verse 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? If you would, you can be seated. Lord, I just pray that you'll bless the reading of your word, anoint me and help me. In Jesus' name, you get all the glory. Uh, What's taking place in this text, it's one of the most interesting passages in the entire Bible. It's a conversation between God and Satan. Satan appears before God, and uh, God asks Satan a question. And the question that he asks is, have you considered my servant Job? And after God asks this question, he delivers a statement about Job that we all should desire for God to say about us. He says, have you considered my servant Job that there is no one like him in all the earth? God was telling Satan, there's nobody like Job. He's rare. He's unique. He's different. He's set apart. I've always heard this, and I believe one of the most miserable places that you can be in life is when you're trying to be like someone else or trying to be something that you're not. I've got good news for you today. God has not asked you to be somebody that you're not. He's not asked you to be like someone else. God has asked you to be like his son, Jesus Christ. And if you'll desire to be like Jesus, I can tell you that's the sweetest place to be in life. But he says there's no one like him in all the earth. God said, Job is blameless. He said, I've searched throughout the entire world and I've found a man that has high moral character. I wish it could be said today in 2023 that God could look from heaven to this earth and find some people that had had high moral character. It says, I'm not going to be like everyone else. I'm not going to live like everyone else. I'm going to stand on the truth. I'm going to be blameless in the sight of God. I'm going to have high moral character. Not only does God say of Job that he's blameless, he says that he is upright. What does that word mean? It means that he has some standards. He has some convictions. He's a man of truth. He's a man of purity. He's a man of integrity. And how in this world we need some men and women that would say, I desire to be upright. I desire to be blameless. The Bible says, I was just having a conversation with someone before the service. The Bible says, a godly man who can find how the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. It's today, right now, I'll tell you something that is extinct. That's godly people. If you can't find a godly person, be one. Be one. You can't find one at your job, be one at your job. You can't find a, a man of God stepping up, you be a man of God that steps up. We're looking all the time to someone else when God says, I'm calling you. 
to be different, to be set apart, to be blameless and upright. What's interesting to me is that who Job was and how he lived, it didn't get the attention of Satan. That's why God said, have you even considered my servant Job? You've not noticed him. You've not seen him. Consider him. And you know, today when you try to live blameless and you try to live upright and you try to be set apart from the world, you may never get the attention from the world. You may never get the attention from people or anybody. But here's the thing. You'll always get God's attention when you live right. Nobody may ever see anything you do, and that's all right because God sees. And God looks from heaven among the sons of men. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord, think about this passage, the eyes of the Lord roam to and throw through, throughout the entire earth to find those that are faithful to him. And if I've got God's attention, that's okay because the world may never notice. People may never notice. They may never applaud me or celebrate me for the stand that I take for God. But God does. In all of heaven, the Bible says, there's a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on, saying, you can live it, you can do it. The Bible says also that there was something about Job's life. The Bible says, Job feared God. Job feared God. Scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. It says the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. It says by humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Job feared God. And the fear that Job had towards God was a holy respect. It was a divine reverence. And how today our, our generations today need to recapture the fear of God again? How even in our churches we need to recapture the fear of God again? How even today behind men and women of God that are in leadership or men of God preaching the word of God, how we need to find the fear of God again? We live today in a time where no one fears God. The Bible says that there is a way that seems right unto man. But Lord, would it be said of us and said of our church that we fear God, we respect God, we honor God. This is not a game. This is not something we just do part-time. This is not just, God is not looking for weekend visitation. God is looking for soul custody. And he's looking for people that will be surrendered fully unto him that have a fear of God. You know what keeps you from the fear of God? The fear of man. The fear of man is a snare. It's a trap. And many today have lost their fear of God and what God thinks because they're too worried about what others think. We need so desperately to recapture the fear of God again today. I think about times growing up, coming into church. Church was a holy place. Church was a sacred place. Church was the house of God. There was no messing around. It was when you were in the house of God, you were in God's house. 
It wasn't your house, it's God's house. And in worship, you would be there and there would be this sense of sacredness, this sense of holiness. And I can remember as a young child, not because mom wore my rear end out all the time, but I can remember feeling that weightiness of, I am in the presence of Jehovah. And feeling that trembling even at times. Lord, if I had a, a bad week and I was in the world and I could get to church and I wasn't comfortable there, I would tremble because of that fear that I had for God. We live right now, the Bible says in the book of James, that demons believe and tremble. And would it be something that today demons are doing something that Christians don't? Demons would believe and tremble, but Christians are comfortable. There's no trembling in the presence of God. We got to get that back. But he feared God and he shunned evil. The Bible says to even avoid the very appearance of evil. Right now, we're not avoiding anything. I can this and I can that. And we're always saying yes and yes and yes and yes. And when's the last time you said no? I'm going to shun evil. If, there, if this is evil, I'm going this way. But he shunned evil. And the Bible says this, that Satan heard what kind of man Job was. And this was his reply. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan accused Job of only serving God because he was successful. You read about Job's life. He was the richest man in the East. He was the most wealthy. He had 10 children. Back then to have children was, it was when a person had a large family, people looked at that and saw the blessing of God, the provision of God, the favor of God. He had seven sons and three daughters. I couldn't imagine that. He had to be a millionaire, amen? But he had a prosperous family. Satan not only judged Job's actions, but he also judged his motivations for serving God. Satan said to God, if you remove that hedge of protection that you have put around Job, if you remove that and you let me touch his finances, let me touch his blessings, let me touch his cattle and his increase and his income. Let me have that. Let me have his family. And if I can get his finances and I can get his family, Satan said, he will curse you to your face. And, and God said, he permitted him so. Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and one day Job lost his livestock, his servants, and his children. In one day, gone. Satan thought Job won't serve God anymore. He's not blessed anymore. He's not rich anymore. His family's not there anymore. I will remove his only motivations for serving God. But this is what I love about Job. The Bible says Job didn't give up, didn't throw in the towel, didn't walk away from God. He actually does the opposite. The Bible says he arose, he tore his robe, and he shaved his head. I talked about a couple of weeks ago about how in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a time and a season for everything under heaven. And in that 13 different time periods, the Bible says there's a time to tear. What does that mean? 
That in, back then in Bible times, when things would happen, tragedy would happen, they would tear their garment. It was an outward visible thing that displayed what was going on in their heart, that they were torn open, that they were grieving, that they were mourning. And when you go through hard things, it is absolutely 100% normal to grieve and to tear and, and go through those seasons. But there's also something that a lot of times we fail to do until it's too late or we get to the end of ourselves. The Bible says not only did Job arose and he tore his robe and he shaved his head, the Bible says he fell down and he worshiped God. It's normal to grieve. It's normal to get down at times. But it's also appropriate in those seasons to say, oh God, you're still worthy to be praised. And I don't understand what's happened, but God is still worthy to be praised. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in verse 22, it says, In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Wow. Wow. One thing happens and we're shaking our fists at God saying, Why did you allow this, God? The Bible says Job didn't shake his fists. The Bible says he lifted his hands and he worshipped. He worshipped God. The Lord, if you fast forward to Job chapter 2, the Bible says Satan doesn't learn his lesson. He doesn't learn about Job. And he comes back before God again, and the Lord asks Satan in Job 2 and 3. And I believe this time even God is like expecting and can't wait to have a conversation with Satan. And this is what he says. Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in all the earth. He's blameless and he's upright. He fears God and he shuns evil. He's still doing that. Even after you've taken everything that you thought he built his life on. It's the same question. It's the same description. But then God inserts something. He says, and he still holds fast to his integrity. Although you've incited him against me to destroy him without cause, he's still holding on. You know, sometimes in your walk of faith, all you can do is just hold on. That's all you have to do is just cling to God and say, God, I am not going to forsake you. I'm not going to doubt you. I'm not going to question you. I'm not going to turn against you. I'm not going to curse you. I'm going to just hold on. Boy, I know this. When I hold on to God, he's holding me. He says he's still holding on to me. Satan thought Job would curse God even after all that had happened, all that he lost. But here's something the Lord said. Job is still my servant. He's still my servant. You know, many can serve God when they're successful. Many can serve God when the bank account is good. Many can serve God when they're financially set. Many can serve God when their family is intact and their marriage is good and their kids are good. And many can serve God when they're happy. But God is not calling you to, be, to only serve Him for a season. God says, will you be my servant in the worst time of your life? Can you still serve me then? You serve me when you have plenty. Can you serve me when you have nothing? But here's the thing. Satan thought he took everything but from Job, but this is what Satan didn't realize. God was his everything. 
God was his everything. When everything that happens comes against you and all of those things are affected, will you still hold fast or will you let go? Job remained God's servant. And Satan wasn't done. Satan is persistent. Satan said to himself, he said, let me touch his body. Let me strike him with, a, with affirmity. Let me afflict his body. Once he does that, surely, surely he will curse you to your face. And the Lord permitted Satan. And he said, this one thing, spare his life. Job went out, the Bible says, from the presence of the Lord, struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And the Bible says he took for himself a pot's herd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of ashes. Do not miss this for a second. The Bible says before Job's ten children were taken away, he would rise early in the morning. And what would he do? He would offer burnt sacrifices to God. And he says why he does that. He did that just in case his children got off and cursed God. He was the priest of the home. He would, he would slay an animal, shed the blood, burn that sacrifice. But here's something that we see about Job. He takes his worship to a whole new, another level. And this time, he's not slaying an animal. He's sitting himself in the ashes. It's a picture of Romans that says, present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. And here he is in the ashes. And if you think it couldn't have gotten any worse, his wife then comes to Job and then she begins to question him. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. You fast forward. And then here comes Job's friends. And his, his friends come, his three friends. I don't really know how, if they were truly his friends or not, because this is what they do. They say, I got it all figured out. I got a word from Lord. You watch out for people sometimes that think they got a word from God, and it's not from God at all. You be careful the voices you listen to when you go through tough seasons, because everybody's got an answer. And his friends show up and they say this, the reason why you're stricken in body, the reason why you've lost your children, the reason you've lost your finances is because you've got sin in your life. Even his friendships were affected by this. And here we, this is where I want to end right here. We come to the end of the book of Job and this right here is incredible. Go to Job 42 and verse 8. This is right before Job prays for his friends and God restores all of his losses. It says, Now therefore take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams. Here it is. Go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For, for I will accept him lest I deal with him according to your folly. Because you have not spoken to me what is right, as my servant Job has. Job's life tell us a lot of things. 
But here is something in this text that should encourage and strengthen our souls. Regardless of what happens to us in life, and we, things that are outside of our control, things that happen to, our, to ourselves personally, things that happen in our family, things that happen in our finances, things that happen in our friendships. Here's the thing. Job's life tells us that despite anything that can or will happen to us in life, we can still be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can still be a servant of Jesus. When the enemy attacks, we can still serve God. When we're suffering, hear me today. When you're suffering, you can still serve God. When you're broke, you can still serve God. When your marriage is not good, and it feels like children, your, your, your family dynamic is destroyed. Guess what? You can still serve God. When nothing good in this life is going right, guess what? You can still serve God. Job served God, not for a season, but for his entire life. Last Monday, we had a funeral. And at every funeral, I always think about, what if that were I? I always think about, what would happen if, if I went on and before Megan and our children? What, what would happen? I have a lot of questions. I'm always reflecting at funerals. What would people say about me? What would they say? Would they talk about Oh, he had a love for sports, a love for exercise, a love to joke and have a good time. You know, I listen a lot of times when I do funerals about what people are saying about the person that's passed away. But you know what I desire more than anything? Is when God call, calls me home, this is what will be said of me. Chandler Jones was a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I want to be said about me. That I didn't just serve God when it was convenient. I didn't just serve God when everything was okay. But through it all, there was something that never changed. And that was my service for the Lord Jesus. That I was a servant of God. You know, you should think about that as well. You should think about that. Could God look at your life and say, they're a servant of me? You know what? Right now, we have an opportunity. If you're lost and you don't know Jesus, here's the greatest thing you could ever do. It's not more, make more money. It's not find that perfect somebody. It's not build your, your possessions and your house and your car and all that stuff. The greatest thing you could ever be called, that greatest thing you could ever do is to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gained the entire world and lose his soul? Are you a servant of the Lord Jesus? You may have walked in here never serving God, don't care about anything that's happened today in church. But God can so get a hold of your heart 
And you can leave here saying, I don't care what happens to me. I will still serve the Lord. Father in heaven, if you would, everybody bow your head, close your eyes. Dear God, I thank you that by your grace and your mercy, despite anything that happens to us, it's still possible to serve you. It's still possible to hold on and not let go. And today, right now, if there be anybody under the sound of my voice, you would say, I am not a servant of the Lord Jesus. I want to tell you today that when you stand before God, He'll either call you good and faithful servant or He'll say, depart from me. Today you have an opportunity to say, I'm ready to surrender my life. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. You have an opportunity to do that. Today you say, I'm... Through it all, I want to serve God. I want to give my life entirely to Him. You say, I've been up and down, back and forth. I'll serve God for a season and then I won't. You say today, I'm ready to give my whole heart, my whole life unto Him and be a servant of Jesus. And you say today, pray for me. I'm lost and don't know Christ. If that is you today, we want to pray for you. If anyone, you feel the Spirit of God dealing with your heart, if that's you, you say, I'm ready to surrender. I want to be called a servant of Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray for you today. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else today? That's why we do this. Anyone else today, you say, I've not been a servant of the Lord, and today I'm ready to do that. My life has been a mess. It's a wreck. Let me tell you something. With Jesus, you can get through anything. With Jesus, you can do it. And your foundation is serving God. Anyone else today, if the Lord's dealing with your heart, speaking to you, you're ready to commit. We want to pray for you. We want to lead you to the Lord. We believe that He still saves. He saves, He heals, He delivers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for those two, Lord. Do a miracle in their life. Today, you're here. And you find yourself struggling to hold on. You find yourself, boy, it's easy to serve God and live for Him when everything's going on. All the conditions are right. But you're in a tough season right now and you feel your grip slipping. And you say, I need to be strengthened today. I'm in a season, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand this. You feel under, the, under attack by the enemy. Today, you know what God wants to do? He wants to strengthen your grip, to hold on. He can do that in a service like this. If you say, that is me today, and I need prayer, I need strengthening, pray for me. If that's you, lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Lots of hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Strengthen them. Strengthen them, God. Build them. Lastly, but certainly not least, every Sunday we have communion. 
It's remembering the body of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes, we are healed. He was bruised, the Bible says. It pleased the Lord to bruise Him so that you and I could behold you take communion, you remember that Jesus' body was broken. Not only was His body broken, His blood was shed. And it wasn't any kind of blood, it was the precious blood of the spotless Lamb of God that cleanses and washes and redeems and restores, brings us right back into right fellowship and relationship with God. When you take communion, you remember the body broken and the blood shed for you. Do it reverently. Father, we just ask right now, Lord, we have done what we can do in the natural. I've prayed, I've preached, we've worshiped. But, oh God, would you do your thing? We invite you, oh Lord, to do the supernatural. You said that you could call people out of darkness into marvelous light. We pray for people. You said that if any man be in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's a supernatural miracle, Lord, and we pray for those. Lord, we pray, God, that you would send divine help to every person that because of the season they're in, feels like their grip is slipping. God, they would recommit to you, and would you strengthen them in Jesus' name. If you would stand to your feet, this altar is open and available. This is your time. I really want to say thank you for joining us this week. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach more people with the gospel of Jesus.